Mitchell Cassandra, welcome to Midday Magazine for Thursday, January 19th. Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski says she's working on legislation to streamline the process for fishery disaster payments. Congress has allocated hundreds of millions of dollars to provide relief to Alaskans for recent fishery disasters declared at both the state and federal level. But during an episode of Talk of Alaska Tuesday, Murkowski said the process of distributing that money isn't working effectively as fishermen wait months or even years for the relief. You've, you've got a, a boat payment that needs to be made on a monthly basis. You have crew you want to keep on. You have to, uh, you've got to educate your kids right. and uh, feed your family. So these are not, these are not things where you can just kind of sit and, and, and wait for, for multiple years. Murkowski says the bill to fix these issues will likely come from Senator Dan Sullivan's office. She says the main issue is with the federal agencies that distribute the funds. So we can't let the agencies, as that last bottleneck, be a bottleneck that stops things up for, right. for two and three years. Murkowski did not offer a timeline on when the legislation would be introduced. Wrangell School District is working to transition its COVID-19 mitigation policy to one more generally focused on keeping illnesses out of schools. Superintendent Bill Burr went through the policy changes with school board members at a January 16th meeting. We want to protect our students from every illness, not just COVID-specific. Burr says the district is still focused on keeping sicknesses out of schools, but it's a new phase of the pandemic. One of the biggest changes was actually implemented last month, Burr says, but he highlighted the policy change again on Monday. Wrangell student-athletes are no longer required to test before traveling to other communities for games. We're encouraging uh, testing before travel. The CDC still recommends group travel, um, but we, we have gotten uh, a, a good testing program. It is optional. We do have tests, and we do it still encourage um, people the school's revised mitigation plan still encourages masking when recovering from illnesses like COVID. The CDC recommends that anyone who tests positive for COVID-19 isolate for at least five days. If they've been fever-free for 24 hours, they can return to work or school, but should wear a mask for the next five days. Health officials say anyone with the flu should stay home for three to four days after symptoms develop, or until 24 hours after their last fever, whichever comes later. This is highly encouraged, and this doesn't apply just to uh, COVID symptoms. We do have a number of illnesses that have gone uh, around. It's not a requirement, but I just wanted to, to clarify that it's still encouraged um, for the sake of our, our staff and other students. Masking in schools has been controversial throughout the pandemic. District officials pointed to mask rules as a factor in the major enrollment drop Wrangell saw during the 2020 to 2021 school year. Petersburg High School has been a part of the Poetry Out Loud program for over a decade. It's a national poetry performance competition. Over 17,000 schools participate. The Juno Arts and Humanities Council sponsors Alaska's program, and the statewide competition takes place in Juneau. 
To participate, students choose a poem, study, and memorize it. They perform the poem first in their English classes. Then the top performers in each class perform in front of the whole school. From that competition, judges choose the top three to four students. Tim Shumway is an English teacher and the Poetry Out Loud program coordinator. And that's what we did here today. Um, we had 13 students that presented a huge range of poems with different tones and um, different moods and lots of different perspectives. Um, just a really cool collection of, of ideas that these students all engaged with. Certainly is something that helps them build confidence, public speaking, poise. Um, it's more than just learning about poetry. Poetry is kind of the, the tool that, that allows us to, to give students this opportunity to, um, to develop those kind of other skills that are so important for communication. It also is an opportunity for students that might not, um, you know, be a basketball player or a baseball player or a, a wrestler or something else that's in the public eye a lot um, to kind of have that moment to, to shine, which is cool. Junior Kieran Cabral took first place in Petersburg's competition last Wednesday, performing Rondo by Lee Hunt. Rondo by Lee Hunt. Jenny kissed me when we met, jumping from the chair she sat in. Time, you thief, who love to get sweets into your list. Put that in. Say that I'm wary. Say that I'm sad. Say that health and wealth have missed me. Say I've grown old, but add... Jenny Kissman. Sophomore Sean Toth plays second, sophomore Martha Midkiff third, and sophomore Eleanor Candle fourth. KFSK will link to videos of the top three performances. Each finalist can submit performances for the Southeast Regional Competition. Winter is tough on roads in Alaska, and Wrangell is no exception. Some streets are special sources of frustration for residents who have to dodge ever-shifting cracks and potholes when driving or walking around town. Wrangell's municipal leadership is hoping the state government will lay down millions of dollars in transportation funding this year so the community can replace some streets and sidewalks downtown and in other high-use areas. The Community Transportation Program grant is run through the State Department of Transportation and done every three years. Wrangell's borough manager Jeff Good told the borough assembly at a January 10th meeting that like most state grants, it's competitive. We're actually applying for the community transportation grant. And in order to do that, we have to, we need a resolution that commits funds for whatever our match would be. And in this case, it's a 9.03% match in order to do that. Wrangell's Borough Assembly has committed upwards of $812,000 as a match to the estimated $9 million roads project. It would resurface a few roads downtown in addition to redoing sidewalks and storm drainage systems. The Assembly also approved an additional $38,000 match for the borough to apply to the Transportation Alternatives Grant, which covers sidewalks and trails aimed at people moving around without cars. That non-motorized transport project, estimated to cost around $420,000, would add a sidewalk on 2nd Avenue. Uh, that basically runs down where the elementary school is, uh, industri- by where the industrial lot is. We currently don't have a sidewalk there. Uh, it is pretty, well, yeah, there's there a lot of pedestrians that actually use that. Yeah, uh, I'm actually around the corner. It's a kind of a blind curve. Yeah. So having a sidewalk there would, would definitely be a benefit. Wrangell Mayor Patty Gilbert acknowledged that there are sidewalks in town that are also in need of repair. Here she is addressing Manager Good. 
I know there's been a lot of comments about uh, Case Avenue sidewalk, but but we our public works will still repair uh, sidewalks as as they have time. We will, and and we did look at Case Avenue sidewalk as a potential. The only problem we have was it, it does have these sidewalks have to meet ADA requirements. And the problem we have with Case Avenue is it's not wide enough. There's no room. Right. There's no room to actually meet the ADA requirements. So we'd have to do some easements and things like that to be able to even meet it. If awarded, both the roads project and the sidewalk project would be engineered and carried out by the Department of Transportation, not by Wrangell officials. If awarded funds, Wrangell's primary commitment would be a match of about 9% of DOT's estimated project cost, which could be different than the current estimate. Wrangell Borough staff say they could know in May whether the community has been awarded any transportation funding. Letitia McRae began cleaning up Juno more than 10 years ago when she noticed trash and litter ruining her photography. Her passion for the health of the environment and keeping our land and waters clean has gained a dedicated online following. But rising disposal costs in Juno have created a barrier to her continued efforts. KTOO's Chloe Plesnak in Juno spoke with her about the past, present, and future of her community cleanup in project in progress project. First, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I'd love to hear a little about what inspired you to begin this community cleanup project. My husband, Dave McRae, he died, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, he was a carpenter. And we had plans when our daughter graduated that we would go across the country with a bunch of tools and buy houses and flip houses. And this was before flipping houses was a thing. And while we were doing that, we would do things in the community for people that needed it at no charge, like fixing stairs or broken windows, maybe painting a house for an elderly couple, helping people clean up their space in whatever community we were in. And then when he died, that dream died with him. And I began to notice through my photography and my hikes all the trash in Juneau. So I decided trash would be where I would start. But picking up trash became a much bigger project than I ever anticipated. What has the response from the community been in that time? Do you receive any outside help from people or volunteers? You know, I do. We have some really great people in this community and I am not a nonprofit. I am just a member of the community trying to be a part of my community and benefit my community. And there are some really fine people in this town that, that trust me and they follow my page. And I do. I get donations from people now and again through PayPal or Venmo, or sometimes people ask me for my address and they will send donations. People have bought things off an Amazon wish list, uh, garbage bags, gloves, things like that to, to help with the cost because it's not, it's not picking up litter, volunteering to pick up litter. Everybody thinks, oh, you just pick up litter. How hard is it? Well, it's expensive, too. We have 60 miles of road, and it is dumped on from one end to the other. 
And so it takes the gas, the time, the maintenance on the vehicle, the expense to get rid of the trash, which now is a huge concern for me. I used to be able to go to the dump and get rid of a dump load for about $49 and 49 to $50, right in that range. And now it's going to go up to 120 And I know how that's going to affect me. So how is it going to affect those in our community that are already struggling? And how is it going to increase the dump piles that we've already seen? So mentioning cost, the landfill, which is privately owned, requires residents to pay in order to process their waste, which was a surprise to me when I moved here in September. Where I come from, you only pay to dispose of hazardous materials. Recently, the landfill announced an increase in pricing. Could you talk a little bit more about that? How do you pay for that? You know, I mean, I'm not not a rich person, but I'm a person who wants to make a difference. I want to see... Juno, stay clean because we are so lucky. We live in a place of magic. You know, you look up at the skies at night and we get a show. Most people pay big money to see. We get wildlife some people never see in their lives. And we're really, really lucky that way. And we need to keep it that way. And you know, we, we expect all these tourists to come here and visit, but we don't keep it clean. And why is that? You posted online to your followers that you were worried you won't be able to continue your community cleanup efforts into the new year. Why is this a concern? It's it's the cost, you know, with the with the jump price of, at, at 50 bucks, you know, it, it's easy to squeeze out 50 bucks. And when you're me, I do this on the time that I have. It's just going to be difficult at $120 a load. So all of these things in consideration, what gives you hope? There are some people that definitely reach out and help out. And if it weren't for them, you know, I wouldn't be able to make as much of an impact, you know. So that kind of helps feed the drive to keep going is when your community notices and they appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much, Chloe. That was Letitia McCray speaking with KTOO's Chloe Plesnak. You can follow Juno Community Cleanup in Progress on Facebook. For KFSK, I'm Rachel Cassandra. Coming up, we have local and marine weather.